0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight
2: loss.
1: Welcome in, guys. Josh, the SC Whisperer, is in here. Find him on Twitter, all the socials, guys. Plenty of fun memes, uh, plenty of great Supercoach chat as well. He's sort of up with all the information and uh, an easy source for me, him, and all physio. All the guys seem to post anything that comes up, um, which is great. And today we're going to be going through a sort of a head-to-head structure video. We'll make a team. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on his general head-to-head strategy as well and how it might differ to overall. Josh, how you doing, mate? Talk us through good, it. Good, mate. Good. It's been
2: about, uh, been about a year since I, I've sat with you and chatted, and Coach. So it's good to be back and good to see that you're
1: definitely uh, in and amongst the space these days. Yeah, it's been fun. I'm enjoying it and um, love playing both. That's for sure. Like yourself. Yes. Very much uh, addicted to fantasy these days. So <laughs> it's uh, it's a good change up. Awesome. All right. Again, talk us through your sort of general head-to-head strategy, mate, and, and how it might differ to uh, overall in round one, because obviously there's a, plenty of similarities.
2: Yeah, so obviously I find myself mostly playing overall these days, but you do still have some head-to-head cash leagues that are happening. You need to find that good balance. It's all well and good to have these high ownership players, but it's where pods become a little bit more crucial in terms of what we're looking at. You're looking at sort of some higher upside guys that maybe are less owned, someone like a Greg Marzu comes to mind. Um, for overalls, I'm looking at stacks as well. So, you know, Lane and Brown, KP and Marzu, Um, these kind of combinations that, you know, when they do come off, you're getting double the points. So it's obviously all about cash generation as well. I remember you saying in a video a couple of days ago that if you have more money than the rest of your competition at the back end of the season, you're going to, you know, do well. Um, There's also the middle period of the time, Jamie, where you can pick up a lot of cheap wins. So if you buy plan, you know, effectively in your head-to-head leagues, you can pick up three, four, five pretty cheap wins through that middle portion of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Do, do most of the leagues sort of play buyers or are most of them off in, in what you see?
2: Um, I think it, it, it's really a personal preference. Same with draft. I mean, people that play captains, people that don't. Um, I'm someone that I'd like to think I'm fairly in the know with buy planning and stuff like that. So I'm all for advocating for playing for buyers because it just rewards good planning. And I feel like if you don't play with buyers, it just takes out a pretty crucial part of the season. Uh, In saying that, you can also just dominate early on and then afford to have a couple of losses. You don't need to be first in head-to-head. Like, if you could just get into the finals, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter where you finish in terms of your your ladder. You might might get an earlier buy here or there, Um, but it's really coming down to prioritizing trades because we know that the back end of the season, players are rested. You know, you obviously got the the odd HIA here or there. Um, Boosts are pretty effective as well. Uh, You were saying... Boosting pretty early is a good strategy. I'm always for advocating for an early boost just to fix up any cheapies that you do miss. We have about 47 cheap uh, two RFs. <laughs> the the the, the, the lower averages suggest we're not going to pick the best ones. So you know, going early and picking up a, a lot of those guys helps as well. And having teams earlier with the buys delays their first price rise as well. So being able to jump on those, some Tigers guys, um, some Storm guys as well with the buy in round four, the Titans in round th- uh, two. So you're not f- forced to play your hand as early in previous seasons, but definitely boosting early uh, is a viable strategy to pick up more team value.
1: Definitely. If you, so just for an example, if you're looking at your front row forward position, you've got guys like Tino and obviously Payne Haas is very, very popular at the moment. With Haas, there, it's very unlikely for him to to sort of gain in value as a head-to-head player early. Are you looking to sort of go away from someone like Haas and those cl- clear points that you're getting from him for potential for potentially some value in a mid-range or something like that instead? Just to for that with that team value being so important.
2: Yeah, I, I also think it's where you're going to get your points from. Like, are you going to have a a match-winning performance from your front row forward? Probably not. So, like, if you're Checking your app on a Sunday, and you're 100 points behind. Like Haas isn't going to carry you to a victory. Like you need to try and make up those points. So I'm looking at front row forward as a collective in terms of how much I'm spending on the two positions, yep. um, rather than just being like, oh, who is, who is you know good. So for example, someone like a Haas and Liam Knight, so a, a gun and a cheapie is the same price as someone like a Max King and a Ruben Cotter. And I feel like the consistency in front row forward would be better spent in the two mid-range guys. And then obviously, yeah, looking for your higher upside in your center wings, your halfbacks, your fullbacks.
1: Okay, so taking more of your scoring in the upside plays. Because, yeah, you could look at Cotter and, and King. Obviously, you're a massive Max King advocate. And we did find out, obviously, well, we knew a bit of it, but uh, the extent of his injuries from last year. So him, Cotter, both have some type of of upside in terms of, of value to be made. So, yeah, that those mid-rangers that have some sort of safety in their team, right? Because that's what you're looking with a mid-ranger is, is do they have that spot sort of sewn up? And both of those guys do, right?
2: Yeah, and that's another thing as well. Like, trying to minimize as many trades as possible is obviously ideal. Like, if you can pick as many keepers in your team to start with, you're making less trades. Guys, I think Tino is the exception because he just somehow excels through origin. He actually gets better during that portion of the season. But guys like Haas and, and these middle forwards who probably aren't locked into regular minutes during origin, you're going to want to be trading them out in that middle period and then getting them back in at the back end of the season. But someone like a Cleary and Hines, like if they both played origin, they're both going to back up and play 80. Um, same with like KP, Reese Walsh, Tedesco, if you're going that route, like these backs are going to play 80. So if they are named, you're not going to have a diminution scoring, mm. whereas your forwards can be a little bit more volatile with their minutes being managed through the origin period. So just trying to minimize trades as well. Like, am I going to be holding Kane Haas from around 1 to 27? Probably not um barring injuries, am I gonna hold cleary? Yeah, most likely.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought too, because just let's just say you do have your buy rounds off, which a lot of leagues do, then in round 14, 17, 20, let you know, Cleary has really good uh, a really good buy schedule, having a buy in, in two of the three major uh, major buy rounds, which is great. And if he is backing up, he is scoring well in that really important matchup for you in, in those rounds as well. So it is probably another reason to go away from, as we saw last year, the hooking position. You know, a lot of us got caught with the, you know, the between fantasy and supercoach with the Damian Cooks, the Robsons, and you know, the Grants, and and they had diminished scores along with Payne Haas and the like after origin so that's something to note as well that to get some of the premiums potentially in the center wing the halves the five eights and the fullbacks there which is going to be pretty cool in that one and i suppose the other thing i was talking about in in overall strategy there as well was because of the new rule with the 13 16 19 only needing 13 players on the park even if you are playing uh you know, playing in those major buy rounds for your head to head it's not likely that you need to plan too far ahead because you only need that 13 best scorers right
2: Yeah, I think you also made a really good point in overall is like, is it worth ripping your team up to get 13 players all three weeks? Or can you just take a small hit in one of the weeks and have a good team for the other two without ripping it up? I think that's also worth considering as well. But yeah, with with halfback and fullback, like if you have four guys there in your two halfbacks and your fullbacks that play Origin, it's not the end of the world because you don't need them to play through the bye weeks. Like you just need 13 other guys. It's not a case of having to have, like in fantasy, for example, where you have to have 13 on the park Yep. Like you basically are just getting your best 13. So if you are playing by also worth considering, yeah, you don't need to rip up your team and you don't need to look at your halfback situation and go, Oh, well, I've got both of my guys out. What are we going to do? Um, Because you, you get a free loop and you will, you know, don't have to have two halfbacks, two fullbacks. You can just, you know, mix and match with other positions.
1: Yeah. And if you're doing well enough across the season, getting, getting plenty of wins, then you're getting into that final series with a better team. If you haven't sort of ripped it up, which is great. So, mate, let's get in and sort of create a head-to-head team here. And, and where do you start? Do you do you go with your captain, captain player to start when you're making a team?
2: Yeah, I think building the foundation and going from there, you'd much rather just have your core guys because this year there are so many options that are cheaper um, that you can just build around. And if you've got some cash left over, then you can obviously upgrade those to some some middle guns or some you know absolute top-tier guys. So for me, I'm absolutely locked into Nico Hines. I think the fact that he is 31% owned is just absolutely ridiculous. That needs to be 80 to 85%. I genuinely think that. I think he is that much of a must-have um, that you're getting him at a reduced discount. Uh, and then I'm also looking at my you know upside guys at fullback. I think it's very hard to pass up KP as well. So if you're going to have you know two absolute locks there in that position, then you can start to build around those. Who you partner with KP and Heinz is a personal preference. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I think... We actually on our on our podcast, uh, the Insight Fantasy Podcast, available on YouTube or your other you know uh, podcast platforms. We had the halfback discussion last night, and we really brought it down to four guys. There's Hines, Cleary, Moses, and Caesar. Like there's only four halfbacks we're looking at, and it's really a case of structure. For me, I'm just locked into Nathan Cleary. I understand we have the eight day turnaround from the well, a club well challenged to round one and the fact he's playing without a PCL um, but that's I just think he's that much of a class above the next best halfback that it doesn't matter you are probably going to lose a little bit of value early on but I'd rather lose value but have him in my side than look at something like around seven where he's playing the Tigers at home and think well I need to rip up my side to get him in I'd rather just build my team around having him already
1: yeah for sure and yeah Moses is probably that other guy if the eels do improve that kind of can gain some value and potentially over across the season it's the Sammy Walker Burton if the dogs kind of go well there's a few guys there but they have some more risks don't they and uh, with Cleary then and what we were saying about that round 13 and beyond is that you you have those two guys you don't really have to trade in that half position and you can really just focus on getting value in, in the other positions there as well so Cool. So fullback there with the news of, of Jaden Campbell as well. That's something that's come up in the last, last day or two. And I know you sort of knew a little bit of information about him, not training with the, the, the main team, but um, yeah, Brian Senior there and our physio kind of just didn't know that it was going to be that long since his Patella dislocation and, and sort of that doesn't sound great at all for performance. And obviously that round two buy, I think we can just scrap him from our plans, which actually helps me because I was trying to get him in. I know he's been out of your Team, uh, fantasy and supercoach for a while, but um, definitely helps me out. So, if, if that's the case, then at fullback, it's pretty scarce. Do you have to go double gun? I think so. And and we go back to that to that you know,
2: metro of if you're 150 points behind on a Sunday, I think there's only one player here that wins you that game. I think it's Tom Trevovich. I know you're putting a lot of faith in take your KP and Turbo to both hold up, but mm. they're both genuine match winners, they can win you a game when you're not supposed to win it from a head to head standpoint. They can just, you know, do the, yeah, yeah, Walsh and drink water. They're, they're cool. They just don't have the ceiling that Turbo has. Yes, they're probably a little bit more reliable for availability. But if you're sitting there four o'clock Sunday afternoon and you're 130 behind and you have Turbo, by no means are you out of that game
1: at all. Definitely. Yeah. And, and we can, we can change this around at the end of the video if we don't have the funds anyway for Tommy. But I, I see them both having the crazy upside. Just a quick one, mate. How many under 300K guys are you looking to have in your side? Sort of, is it, change much year to
2: year? Um, I think it, it, it varies in terms of other positions. So, like, let's take 2RF, for example. I've always been an advocate for having a premium and then an underpriced premium. This year, my most expensive is Adam Elliott at 517. And even he can drop down even cheaper. So, I think you can have a little bit more. I mean, if we get someone like a Dylan Egan that pops up, we're going to get, you know, either Hands or Lussick. You've got Braley for 330. Sam Hughes seems to be training the house down. So, you've got all of these guys are having mad preseason reports that you can viably put in. It seems a little bit scarce at center wing this year, Jamie. I know that mm. in years gone by, everyone's gone, just go cheap at center wing, but we're not getting a huge amount of cheapies popping up at the moment for myself. I've got strange Eero, and, and Chevy Stewart. I think we get one of those. And that's yes. a case of having to try and find funds elsewhere. So at the moment, in my current setup, I've got uh, five, six, under 300, I've got seven, and I expect maybe only five of those get named on TLT, so we're going to have to do
1: some jigging elsewhere. Okay, maybe for this team, we'll slot six in just to be in the middle. Um, does Weeks get that 5-8 spot for us at the moment until we yeah, find out I think... more?
2: I was never really keen on Campbell, but I understand why people ran like a Brown-Campbell combination, but mm. now that... He is, you know, not fit. Um, you, you and I are both members of the Physio's Patreon, and he posted in there yesterday that it's been nearly six months since he's done any kind of training, it's and well. we're nearly a month out. From, we're nearly a month out from the season. Like, they have a buy in round two. If for whatever reason he's fit by round one, I don't see him getting named. So I think we see him round three, at the absolute earliest, and then who knows? Like, seen he's been ripping it up. Apparently, if he plays well the first round, like it's going to be hard to to take him out of the side. So I don't think JC is a guy that you can really hold with the hope of playing round three. If he was like three hundred K, you could generally get around it. But at mid four hundreds, yeah, I think we've got KO weeks just staring us in the face, um, and there's not much else really to pick from there. You have got you know Luke Brooks or Kyle Flanagan for that cheaper price, but I'd much rather just take the eighty K that you save on weeks.
1: Yeah, for sure, um, and he's easy to sort of downgrade to if there's an injury or something. In that second five eight spot, then is it? Yeah, in a head-to-head scenario, do you look to go slightly against the pack with a Munster who's likely to have Blore on his side? Uh, do you go for any of these sort of mid-rangers, or is it is it Brown? Eighteen percent is still fairly low, hey? Yeah, that seems really low. Like you and I
2: are in similar social media circles, and it feels like everyone owns Dylan Brown. So eighteen yeah. percent does feel quite low. Um, you know, in years gone by, you can deviate with a Cody Walker or a Camp Munster, but Souths. Melbourne and the Roosters probably all have the three worst draws to start the season, so it it is very boring. But sometimes just holding holding ground with your head to head matchups is the play, and then making it up elsewhere with some pods. So yeah, Dylan Brown is is the guy that I'd be looking at. I just think there's there's not really other options. I think the next best value guy is maybe Tom Dearden, um, in terms of like pure value that presents itself. But
1: I'm not game enough to to anti pod uh, Dylan Brown. For sure. Let's have a look up in the hooking position, and we'll obviously see how much cash we have at the end. But we're we looking to sort of go close to a gun and a handselasi.
2: Yeah, I th- I think it, it it's it's your personal preference at the moment. I've gone double cheapy because I've just got money elsewhere. But you know, if you have a, a Harry Grant there, I, I can't blame you. If you have a JMK there, I can understand it. Um, they're the two probably standouts. It's similar to halfback really. You've got you know Cleary and Hines, and then maybe a cheapy and Caesar.
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's really Grant or JMK and then wanting to downgrade all the way down to, to two cheapies. I'm happy to chuck JMK in there for now. I think he has yep. some nice upside. You do want to go that way. Um, the ownership is, is attractive enough to, to fade. No hooker other than Harry Grant stands out for ownership. So trying to make up some ownership percentages there um, seems like a, a reasonable play.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I suppose with Grant, unlikely to have value for our head-to-head team. We're looking for a little bit more value there, Um, even if we do lose a few on the points. That's fine. Uh, let's just go to the 2RF and knock that out, mate. Uh, your sort of top three 2RFs that you kind of haven't moved from? Uh, top three
2: in terms of just pure value, Curran, Bloor Lane. I know it's very, very boring, but you know yeah. they're that high for, for a reason. Curran, if you get 60 minutes, he had a really good chat with Dan and Camp about he's been brought to play lock. I know people are saying Kurt Mann's there or thereabouts, but Kurt Mann can't get through the work that Curran can in terms of hit-ups. And versatility on the edge. I mean, Preston will play 80, but out is by no means 80-minute lock. Uh, he's always fluctuated between 60 and, say, 70 minutes. So Curran does have some versatility to fill in for 5 or 10 minutes on the edge there as well. Uh, sort of a Cam Murray effect that, you know, we've heard Murray being playing on the edge a little bit more to be on the park more this year. I think Curran can do that as well. Lane just being underpriced based off injury history. And um, and yeah, I mean, Bloor, just the upside for him is, is huge being outside
1: of Munster. Definitely. Uh, on our reserves then, are you looking at, obviously, we've got the, the fullback, we've got the half, two locked in. Where do you normally look for a, a, a sort of a 16th and 17th score? Is it in the 2RF usually? Is it just sort of depend on where the value is? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've got Brayley. I've got two hookers, two cheap
2: hookers in my team. So Brayley can be an option once he gets more um, game time. But for me, I'm just looking at 2RF. I think there's so much value that you can go a little bit heavier in 2RF this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got two upside guys in your your halfback, in your fullback, um, but then you can just level it out with some consistency and some just decently 50 to 60 point scores at your 2RF. So I've run, uh, at the moment, I've got five, very startable to our refs. And then if you want to consider Dylan Egan in there as well, you could run up to six starting to our refs.
1: Okay. Awesome. Uh, Are we looking at someone like Morgan Smithies, potentially getting some good minutes over the first couple of rounds, get a little jump out of him, or are we hoping for sort of your your man, Kaipi's ball? Yeah. I mean, if we don't get either of those English
2: boys, we've got other options. We've got Alex Safar who's emerged as potentially the starting 13 for the Tigers. Let's get him in. We love him. (laughs) <laughs> we love Alex. So um, getting in. You've obviously got RFM if he jags the edge spot as well. There are guys in this 300K price range that you can can look to. Um, but obviously, yeah, we'd love Kai Pierce Paul. I think he has the most upside out of any of these guys. And then Smithies is just, you know, he's going to be very solid. If he gets the minutes, he'll get 50 to 60 points, which is great, good value. But, you know, you're always concerned with a suspension to Corey Horsborough coming back in round four you might get one price rise right out of Smithies and see him back to the bench. Or, you know, they might run Horsburgh prop with, with Tarpany and play Smithies at 13. We, we just
1: can't tell with Ricky Stewart. Awesome. Do we try, maybe try and roll a Pia Kura or a Wong here just for, for now at that price? Yeah,
2: I think so. I think you I think you put in uh, Pia Koura just so based off the ownership and there seems to be, you know, mad raps on him. Um, and then we can, you know,
1: we've got Dylan Egan there in our back pocket if we have to downgrade once we make this team. Awesome. Yeah. Plenty of options. We're not worried about that two RF position at all. We're not worried about half back at the moment. If someone gets injured or suspended guys, there's something to note there. Obviously concussion, those one week uh, could be really tough. Obviously that 58 position, a small worry, but I suppose we can cop a, cop a low one from weeks. If, if that was to be full back, we're good. So it really is this, this front row forward position now because Marshall King and hands were sweet. If there's an injury for a week or the buy in round three, obviously, so front row forward and the two, uh, and the center wings now, mate, we've got, what have we got? Three and a half million for 10 players. It's not too bad uh, sitting at this point, given we'll have a few cheapies in there. Let's get into this front row forward. And and if we were to select some of the guys in the 400K range, who are you looking there?
2: Yeah. I mean, you're looking, ideally everyone's flocking to, to Tom Flegloff. Uh, I can't understand why just based off the preseason moves, but it's hard to see to sit there and say he's getting a, getting get a 10-point-minute upgrade. Like, I think Flegler is just a guy that Wayne Bennett looks at for very similar usage that he had already. Um, so I'm not really too keen on, on him. Yeah. We've got other guys floating there or thereabouts. I mean, Jai Arrow, if he starts on an edge, that's going to be really, really tempting to, to look at it. Say 466K does have the jewel. Um, some people looking at Harm selle You know, you're a Cowboys man. Talk me into J- Jason Tamalolo. Is, is are we going to get him back or is it just done? Like, there's, there's options. Too much going on. Yeah, I mean, Todd Payton's comments about you know older players being moved on. Yeah, it doesn't bode, doesn't bode well, does it?
1: No, for sure. But um, that arrow is a solid one as well. Obviously, we can look at you know the Cotters and the, and the Max Kings and the like. But um, you know, the Terrell Mays. There's a few guys in that range. But let's just say we slot in an arrow and and potentially a Cotter. So it could be Cotter. Yeah. Could be um. So that's two double. From our forward two RF jewels. Not that that's probably going to matter too much at the moment with, with how many of good um two RFs we have, but it will come in handy at some point. Like it, it's easy to look at this first three or four rounds and go, oh, yeah, we don't need it. But that you're holding these, most of these guys for longer than that. And and things change very, very quickly. So that's super helpful to have. And then potentially maybe another cheapie in like a Liam Henry, mate. Would that be a, a solid yeah. strategy?
2: Henry's the guy I'm looking at. I'm just looking at, you know, the, the, you know, uptick in, in Lindsay Smith that he had last year, you know, now Spencer Lenu's gone. I think everyone just slots up the depth chart one spot uh, and we can definitely get a, you know, 35 minute performance from Henry in that Spencer Lenu impact role off the bench. So him and Hughes are my two cheapies. I haven't moved on them. Uh, it is worth noting Xavier Willison had the best PPM in terms of the entire game last year at 1.53 yeah. PPM, which is ridiculous. Those so two if tries, get, yeah. yeah. If he can get a, if he can get a 25, 30 minute roll, then, you know, amazing. But, um, happy to go cheaper here with Henry and Hughes, who look like pretty
1: much nailed on to to get decent minutes. Yeah, there's no Franklin Pele there, and I suppose with this one that um, if one of those guys were out for a week as well, then then we're pretty solid with a Hughes or a Henry. You'd imagine one of them gets some decent minutes there, and yeah, no, enough of a score, right? If you cop a thirty-five or up to towards a fifty mark, you, you're pretty happy for a one weeker, right?
2: Yeah, and I've always been a big advocate of this, Jamie. I don't look at it as my starters versus my reserves. I just look at them as numbers. So if I have to play Henry or Hughes, I just look at them as my 17th option rather than being like, oh, well, they're a starter. They have to score well. If they're the worst player on your team, you get 35 from them. You've had a good week.
1: Yep. Awesome. All right, center wing now. We have two point two and 2.25 million for seven players. Let's just try and slot in some of the the cheapies first. So we'll we'll say that we may get one super cheap guy in a Chevy Stewart. Uh, from there, do you have sort of a mid range to a, a top tier player that you'd be looking at? I don't know, don't know if we have enough for a sort of 750k guy.
2: Yeah, so it's all but confirmed Jack Bostock has been, you know, he's going to get the start. Dolphins have a great draw. Um, and it's also been confirmed that Herbie and Asako will line up together. And we know that Herbie doesn't have the greatest tendency to pass the ball out to Osako. So if there's going to be ball happening out wide, Bostock could be, a, you know, a great recipient with that good draw. Uh, and then another guy, you know, Josh Schuster, he is, who knows where Josh Schuster is. Uh, and all the talk is Ben Travojevic has been ripping it up. So, you know, a great duel for, for them there. So I'm going to pretty much lock those two
1: in. Okay, cool. Well, they can be our cheap guys then. And then we have 1.45 for four players now. Who are we looking
2: yeah, at? Then we, we look at someone like, I know it's very, very boring, but the value does present itself at right center for, for Penrith. I mean, Talon May. We saw how good he was with Tango on the left on the wing. You know, he now gets Branto, who arguably is, you know, one of the most destructive wingers in the comp, getting fed ball from Cleary. It's hard to turn him down based off that discount. He's had pretty much a full season off with that ACL. Uh
1: it's it's really hard to not to not look at Talon May as, as a guy to put in your center wing. Beautiful. All right. Now we're getting short, just under a million for, for three now. And we're probably looking for what? At least two the guys that are gonna start, right?
2: Yep, yep. So you know, I'd I'd run Bostock, May and Trbovich as my starters. We can chuck in some cheap guys. I know that Ero, you know, he's there or thereabouts. Um, and Ethan Strange has a has a position available. So center wing this year is not deep. So you're gonna have to be confident in the guys that you start, yeah. Or at least I think at least having five options. So if you have three of those bottom dollar cheapies, you know, we we expect uh, Stuart or Strange to to get a start. So there's probably your fifth guy that you can rely on at a pinch. So if we chuck those, you know, let's just say we chuck Strange and Stewart in and then whoever doesn't get named we can we can flick on.
1: Let's okay. see how much that leaves us. That probably leaves us with about 500 750 and then yeah, one more of those cheapies will be 500. What are you what are your thoughts on Avrilo on the left actually? I'm interested in that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a
2: strange one because he played so well for the dogs at fullback and it's hard to to really compare going from a side that struggled as much as they did to the Dolphins who are on the up. It's probably a little bit too unknown for me to be taking a punt. Then again, people are looking at Bronson Jerry who hasn't played for over four years with no guarantee that he starts. If you, if we can find the cash, I'd love to go to say a, a, an underpriced gun in, in like a karaz for example, he's yeah. got a really great ownership to target. Um, he's going to be sitting at 605. So we can try and look at downgrading a Cotter, to someone like a, a Terrell may to find us some extra cash. Yeah. Um, a Good idea. I, I think I just think the upside with Caraz is huge and the ownership for head to head players is going to be unreal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise I think we'd probably be a little bit too low, unfortunately, in our outside back not. So that leaves us 260 and and getting a yeah. It's probably not going to work out, but let's just say we, we do have Kale Hero in there. Main issues really there is that we don't get Two of those guys, um, and we do have to spend up a little bit more. And I suppose the only way you'd go is probably to one of those mid rangers in a, in a, you know, an Avril or, or something like that at that price point. Or it depends we do if we, have,
2: we do have room to downgrade though as well. Like we do have a, we have JMK sitting there at 650k. Yep. We have options to come down if for whatever reason Teamless that didn't fall our way. We okay. have a, a route that we, where we can downgrade, um, at you know, at the worst. I'm, I'm happy to leave him there, but if for whatever reason, half our, half our cheapies didn't get named, you've got Brayley, you've got, um, you know, some other cheaper guys if you wanted to go down the pod route. I mean, a Blake Brayley has a really nice opening five rounds as well. So you've got guys that can, you know, take that work rate. And if you don't want to have a huge upside, if you can get a Blake Brayley or, or, you know, a Jaden Brayley, if he's playing good minutes and they can pump you at 55 points, that's fine for me.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I really think that, that would work better here. Yes. you you're, getting rid of a few points at, at hooker, huh? but yeah, center wing, if, if things don't go right or, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes, isn't it? If you've got sort of two guys that aren't making money here, you can't really trade them out at that price. And you are playing that sort of fourth center wing roulette or third and fourth sometimes. So if we were to do that, let's just say we get um, Lowe in at that price as well. That means we could move a couple of these guys out, which would be cool. So yes, to say it was, we, we play boss stock, Ben Jaboivich is bench or something like that, or, isn't going to get the full minute. So, you know, you're looking at Avrilo Karazme and a Bostock and, and then those guys on the bench and and that's playing roulette with um sort of matchups, I suppose, if we get a Chevy Stewart or something like that, um, which probably looks a bit better, doesn't it? And that's a pretty strong overall side to to sort of set you up well for round one. There's plenty of value in each position. You're not missing out on on any position if there's an injury. Um, Yeah, it looks pretty solid, mate. Yeah, I think having a playable option in every position is going to be great
2: as well. Obviously, we've got Hooker that, for whatever reason, if we have to play Braley, getting 45, 50 points is not the end of the world. Yep. We've got Hughes and Henry. We've spoken about those guys. We've gone pretty heavy at 2RF, so we've got plenty of rotation there. Clearing and Heinz pick themselves. Weeks is probably the only weak link in this, in this side in terms of what yep. we have to play if, if Brown is injured or, or suspended or, or has HIA. But it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, if he is, if he's getting you 30, 35 points, I mean, plenty of us last year played Isaiah Qatar and we were happy with his 35 points at a pinch at the time. So definitely some options to, to upgrade and downgrade, but having a playable option on the bench is you know really nice to have that versatility and matchups, as you said.
1: Yeah. There's probably only Flanagan. Hey, that's 40 K close to him. Um, that could come up oh, if I get, that works. If he gets the goal kicking,
2: of, you know that changes your perspective, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Not that the Dragons are going to be putting on fifty every week, but it's an extra four or five points here or there.
1: Yeah, and I suppose if if Strange gets that spot, you move him up from centre wing into into that five eight spot, and that could plug that anyway. But um, yeah, overall looks pretty good, mate, and and it's sort of about as good as we can get. Three and a bit weeks out now from round one, we do have some trials this weekend, guys, as well. Manly are playing a, a lot of their a lot of their squad actually and uh, against the, the South who have named no one of note. Let's just say that, but um, I'd imagine they're going to be on sort of team's websites and the like. So really get into over the next few weeks, those trials and, and uh, a lot of those questions will be answered for sure. But uh, guys, yeah, check out SC Whisperer. He's joined forces with the insight fantasy sports community with um, Nathan Brain, who I used to go to school with. There you go. Fun fact. Um, and yeah, get on his, uh, his, his Twitter and obviously his Instagram and Facebook as well. It's all on there plenty of fun he's a very opinionated man as well and uh we we love that in in the uh in the super coach community right it's how we create headlines
2: of course no 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 point in being a fence hitter it's never fun
1: that's right yeah uh yeah you've had you've had some cracking calls you have had some funny calls as well um what about that uh the twitter account that was trying to call call creators out that i think that um that stopped pretty quick didn't it? i didn't see any more posts after that uh yeah, I expect I expect it does heat up during the season when uh, yeah, inevitably okay. a few of them does
2: <laughs> heat up. But um yeah, it's all it's all well and good. We we love it. You had Mark on, uh, who's also a very opinionated man in the fantasy space. So it's good to have opinions, but you've got to be able to admit you're wrong and move off them if they uh weren't too weren't too good.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks Josh for coming on. Really appreciate that. We'll make this a, a once a year thing. I reckon. Hey, that's uh, good stuff. And um yeah, good luck with all your content over the next few weeks and and creating your team. I've kind of just. Slowed down on on uh, changing my team a lot, but I know um I know you're in doing that every hour of the day. So every time a podcast actually, comes around,
2: <laughs> I've actually been pretty good. I haven't changed it for about three days, which is a which is a weird feeling. But it's nice to be to have some kind of uh, stability in in my squad.
1: Yeah, every time I listen to one of your insight pods, it's like oh yep. In the last hour, I've changed this. In the in between pods, I've changed this and this. So uh, it's good fun. But uh, yeah, appreciate it, mate, and uh, have a good day.
0: Planning for your next trip.